Elmore and Janelle Libraries Podcast with me and Sierra. Hello. 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 Welcome. Happy Welcome October. October. Yes. <laughs> All the pumpkin spice and apple flavored everything that you can find in any store. That makes me so yes. happy. Whoops. I had loads and loads and loads of uh, apple homemade donuts recently and they were just oh, so good so yummy good. that sounds delicious oh yeah i love yeah. those oh my god they were amazing the place i got them from they usually make pumpkin but they didn't do pumpkin the last couple of years and that makes me sad because like mm-hmm. homemade pumpkin donuts are to die for i'm oh, this delicious I know I've just found a pumpkin cream cheese bread roll recipe. Oh my, it's so easy. It's just the pumpkin puree, flour, couple of eggs. You layer cream cheese and that stuff, bake it, done. You eat it. What? Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. I'll send it to you. I found it on TikTok out of all places. (laughs) It's like, okay. Um. Um, they made it look yeah. pretty easy, so I'm down for that. I know. Have you ever wanted to try to make that cloud bread? I honestly don't even know if I'd want to eat it because <sighs> I'm weird about, like, the texture of certain things. And it it looks, I don't know, like angel food. I don't like angel food. So I'm like, if it's softer than oh. that, I probably won't like it because I already don't like weird soft bread like angel food. Yeah. I don't understand how they do that, to be honest, because... I've seen like jiggly pancakes and they're all like airy and fluffy. And I'm like, how? I don't know. I know. And it's like, I probably wouldn't even eat it, but I want to like experiment just to be like, oh yeah, I've tried to eat it, but like, I don't want to eat it. (laughs) Make everyone else eat it at home. Yes. I'll be like, hey, I made this for you. It's a gift. Can't turn down a gift, even if it tastes bad. That's right. Oh, that's, oh. that's not entirely true, though. I went to see my, I was visiting at my mom the other day, and I took over, like, a bag of cookies, because we had spent, like, time making cutout cookies, because I found Yum. dinosaur-shaped cookie cutters, and then I love royal icing, because it's so pretty, so we used royal icing, and we had, like, these dinosaur sugar cookies, but it was a gluten-free sugar cookie mix, and I'm like, How oh, that? It's, it's weird, but, like, I've eaten enough gluten-free food now that I'm just like, eh, it just tastes a little funny. It's obviously not as good as the other stuff, but it's okay. So I was still eating it, but I gave it to my mom. She took one bite, and then she, like, spit it out and gently laid the rest of the cookie down. She's like, that's not a sugar cookie, but I don't know what it is. (laughs) Oh, no. Like, okay. You're like, "Mm, hmm. She's like, how are you eating that? I'm like, I don't know. I just thought it tasted a little, a little funny but not as good as the uh, you know regular sugar cookies but hey I can eat it it's yeah. edible it's it's nope. mostly still edible uh, nope she did not eat it I know I, I made funny. avocado brownies and I used oh. almond flour and they required coconut flour I do not yeah. have that at home it was right. a miracle I had almond flour at home because it was supposed to be like a healthier version right and it was so grainy and gross yeah. texture makes or breaks yeah. a cookie for sure see i've always wanted to try that avocado chocolate pudding oh you just like mash up yeah so you just like mash up avocados and add like cocoa powder and something else 
And people are like, you can't even tell the difference. It tastes exactly like chocolate pudding. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not a big fan of avocado. So I don't know how they're like, they're lying probably. I, I don't know how it could taste exactly yeah. like chocolate pudding. But that's another mm-hmm. one where like, I want to try it, but if I don't like it, is somebody else going to eat it? Or am I just like wasting ingredients? I mean, <laughs> my brownies went to waste because I didn't like them. Yeah. So, I mean. Eh. I mean, I've definitely done it before. I've tried things. Oh, I will say though, um, this like past week, I know that's that's irrelevant. We're not supposed to say things like this past week because you're listening to it at a different time than what we're recording. Anyways, I made for the first time ever uh, potato soup, and my my dad makes really yeah. amazing potato soup. But I didn't have his recipe. I just found one online, and it was like the most amazing. It was like perfectly thick and seasoned and cheesy. Oh my god, it was so good. <laughs> so good oh that sounds awesome i love soup i love soup especially potatoes potatoes they're delicious Mm. it was it's such a comfort Mm. food like you just like feel it it's warm and cheesy and gooey and it's have you made butternut squash soup my friend she makes a bangerang uh butternut squash soup and i'm like this is so good it's super easy to make but i've never made like other than chicken noodle soup, I've done homemade, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. No, it's I like, tried no. making, oh, I don't remember what it was. Uh, sweet potato soup, I think. But I didn't, have a, I didn't have a food processor. So it was still really chunky and it ended up just like not being super great. Mm-hmm. But like, this was my comeback. This, this recipe I found online. Well, and that's the thing. Like I tell people, they're like, I'm, I don't know how to cook or... I'm scared to cook it. I'm like, honestly, that it's part of the process because mm-hmm. I know I used to not be a very good cook myself. I mean, yeah, you just gotta try stuff. Yeah. And you learn what you're good with. You figure out what works best for you. Mm-hmm. You learn like new techniques. I know my sister and I growing up watched Chopped a lot. Yeah. So much so that she's like, I want to do a chop challenge. So we did it like for her birthday and she like whipped up something. It was actually pretty yes. solid until we went to get a shepherd's pie. She wanted to, she was like, oh, it's okay. We'll sub out because we didn't have any hamburger. She's like, we'll sub out that for hot dogs. And we were like, hmm. Oh, no. Oh, no. No. I don't recommend. I really don't recommend. Now we look back and we're like, haha, remember that time? She's like, yes, I haven't forgotten. (laughs) You won't let her forget that that's not not an okay substitution. Yeah, um, it just wasn't, that's not the right you know thing for the dish but of course like when she does it we're like "Mm, this is good because you don't want to like crush their hopes and dreams yes that's what um I love that my brother loves trying new recipes and new stuff and they like almost everything he's ever made has always tasted really really good and he picks like the biggest longest recipes with like 19 ingredients and it takes like two hours to make it and I'm like I don't have that oh my gosh like it would drive me crazy I'm like a five ingredient recipe sort of person that's just it like I guess I get when like ingredients you know like where you have to like roast potatoes or like add in a bunch of seasonings but when it gets like yeah more than seasonings that's what I'm like oh man 
and I don't have a lot of time right now. So I know it's like, oh, I, I get that it tastes so much better, but yeah, just, absolutely. I'll go mm-hmm. to a restaurant. That's why I don't mind going somewhere and spending money on really good food because I don't have the time or patience to put into making it myself. So I don't have a problem paying someone else to do it for me. Absolutely. So speaking of time. Yeah. It's that time of year. It's the- <laughs> there you go. Good transition. Bravo. Thank you. The spooky time. Spooky. Spooky, scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. I don't know if we have that sound bit, but it's a fun one. It's on TikTok everywhere. He probably has it. For sure. Yeah. If if you uh didn't watch last year's October episode, uh make sure you go back and do that. Don't click away from this one. Because we're still talking. Yes. But yeah, make sure you go do that. And you'll definitely get a little, you know, thing at the end where we dance along to Spooky Scary Skeletons. Because why not? It's fun. It's a great song. And we love it. Um, And Mm -hmm. we did a little dance. I think it was something like this. Yes. Yes. I was just going to say, do you remember the dance? Because I don't recall. Like, there was a whole story as to why we were doing that, too. And it involved something from a video game. So go yeah, watch it, please listen. go watch that episode. I'm not going to explain it again, but if you watched last year's episode, uh, then you remember that we talked a lot about ghosts and ghost hunters. We had ghost hunters come into the library and talk <laughs> all about yeah their ghost hunting equipment and the things they could see in certain parts of the library. Um, we like to joke around that the library is haunted. I think most buildings are probably haunted um but any ghosts that we have uh, in our library are nice ghosts and you don't have to worry about anything but it was it was just a fun experience I know Jen spent the whole night with them in the library uh with their equipment and everything scoping stuff out so in a similar mood to last year's uh episodes we wanted to talk more about spooky stories and possibly some <laughs> Uh, true crime or some things that are from Elmore or Genoa area so they're like local stories um, so grab a bag of popcorn some hot chocolates cuddle it or a warm blanket if you're gonna get scared and enjoy the stories we have for you today but and we are going to include a warning as well yes. Just because, you know, these are older stories, so some of these stories may have violence, such as kidnapping, there could be war scenes, murder, of course, because of true crime. Mm-hmm. So listener's discretion is advised. Yes. I also wanted to include that these stories were not written by us, and I'm sorry, I do not have the name of the person that did write them, but... If you ever want to read more in depth the stories that we're going to talk about today, you can find them at Elmore Library. Um, and it's got the name of the person who wrote them. I just wanted to give credit to them. Um, I'll find the name and include it in the uh, the show notes. Um, that way you know who wrote it and we're not taking any credit for it. We're just reading what they already wrote. So without further ado, let us begin. The Strange Story of Marie... Lily Bowers. 
kidnapped and found 14 years later in Genoa, Ohio. Bananas. Yes. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I'll, I'll wait to Bananas. make further comments. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure what you were going to say, but it wasn't that. <laughs> I just, when I, when Kasir and I go over like, the stuff just in case like we have questions for each other or things that might not make sense and I was just reading this so I was like oh my gosh so I'm just Funny. I'm here I'm so excited to to chit chat about this I know just the title alone kidnapped and found 14 years later like what yeah maybe that Nathan is, um, is just is bananas I'm hoping Nathan can like pop up the photo because there's a photo with our article right that yeah, we that have a lot so yes we'll include that for any of uh, our watchers on youtube you can see the pictures that were included in this so would you like to read you want me to read oh i i could read a few oh please do please do All right now because it's such a long 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 article we're not going to read every specific line because there's some things that are just setting the scene. For mm -hmm. example, once for the deadly tornado back in 1920. That is not relevant to our story. So we're going to stick to the things that are relevant to yes. what we are reading about today. Very true, very true. Tis why I yes. said, if you want the rest of the story, please come into Elmore Library. We have it all. We sure do. Now the roots of this curious tale begin to unfold in 1867 in Sandusky, Ohio, with the kidnapping of a young three-year-old girl by the name of Marie Lily Bowers. <gasps> the day anxiously turns the page. <laughs> yep. From family records, it is written that on October 26, 1867, a neighbor asked Mrs. Martha Bowers if it would be okay of their three young year old daughter, Marie Lily, could come to their house for a few hours to play. Her mother agreed, so Lily left with the neighborhood woman, and she would never return. Dun, dun, dun. I have a question about that, yeah. just in itself. Did, I, I thought this was weird when I was reading it. Did the neighbor woman have children of her own? It doesn't mention it. It can be assumed, I think. But it seems odd for the woman to come over and just be like, hey, can your daughter come over to my house to play? She, I too was wondering that. I was very it, curious about that. Like, I don't why would an older woman just want someone else's daughter to come play at her house if she didn't have children? I mean, that in itself is sus. Well, I would say you can come over to my house, you know, like, unless you wanted quiet, but it just, it's so odd, because I thought the same thing, unless she was an older woman, because it doesn't say who the neighborhood woman is, so there's a lot of, like, I don't think there's they have a, that information. They probably don't. What did we say this was in the, does it say? 1867. 18? Yeah, I mean, there's but probably surely a lot of you would know your missing, neighbors. But, yeah, it just wasn't included in the story. I just wanted to interject and say, I found that part of the story very odd. So please continue. I know if, if I were her and I had a child, I'd be like, mm, girlfriend. It's, I know, I it's know just an odd thing. No. 
Mm-hmm. No, she cannot go Which, play. Yeah. And what's weird, though, it says on her way home that afternoon, she vanished. So it seems like, which if it's a neighbor, you would think relatively close. Like, why didn't the woman walk her back if she... Right? We stated uh, she's three years old. Like, who sends a three-year-old home alone? Yeah. I I don't know if it's a time period thing, but by today's standards, that would never... I hope it never flies, you know? I just, young kids, I feel they, like, you yeah. Know, even as a time period thing, she's still three. She could so easily get lost or not really know where her home is. Like, no, that's just, they, I don't know. Maybe their house was literally next door and she could see it. And the neighbor woman's like, oh, just walk over to that house. That's your house. I just don't get it. I don't understand. No. Well, after... They noticed she vanished. An immediate search was conducted by her frantic family members to no avail. And by the next day, much of the city became involved in the search, which is crazy. Right. Uh, Yeah. And a single clue turned up, according to the article as well. And days went by and still there was no sign of Marie Lily Bowers. Most of the major newspapers of the time carried the story of the missing child and the desperate search by her parents, James and Martha Bauer, to find that their precious Lily, many of the stories mentioned speculation that she had perhaps been abducted by a group of gypsies who were camped nearby. And days passed into weeks and then months, and Lily was gone. I wonder, was there... Well, I don't know why... Was it, did they investigate the gypsies that they knew were camped nearby? Or, like, were they camped nearby and then they, you know, packed up and left and no one knew where they went? I think they packed up and left because gypsies often travel and so they're only in places to, like, make a little money and then go to their next place. But which is crazy to me because I'm so curious, like where their house was and the location like if it was a heavily mm-hmm. um lived neighborhood where you would just think like i don't know just knowing like how social standings worked back then and if you were home all the time mm-hmm. like i don't know i mean things happen though there's just a lot of what ifs hanging around oh yeah yeah for sure i didn't highlight this part but there is a picture of a newspaper and it says, Mr. Bowers, for years later, would buy advertisements and papers around the country in a vain attempt to find his daughter. So we just constantly buy newspaper articles. And it's kind of hard to read, but I'll try. It said, child lost, the father of the little girl who disappeared from Sandusky a short time ago. Short time. I can't read that word. Has offered a reward. I know. I would say that. <laughs> of $1,000 for her recovery. The advertisement is as follows. $1,000 will be paid to any person who will deliver to me alive my child, Marie Lily, who was stolen from its home, 52 Camp Street, Sandusky, on the 26th of October last. Is three years old of full... That looks like it says flesh. Light hair and blue eyes I, yeah 
Does that say flesh? It looks like flesh. I'm not quite sure what that means because I would like to think like all humans are made out of flesh. So Yeah, what does full flesh mean? As but yeah, anyways. Wow. It it just makes me sad to Apparently think that like she was also left handed. <laughs> yeah. For years. They were just hoping that someone would see the advertisement that they were putting out there and return their daughter. That someone just whoever took her would just have sympathy on the family and return her. Sad. That must have been hard as a parent though. Oh, right. I also would like to to say this as well as we're reading it. I noticed how they spell Lily in the article. They spell it L-I-L-L-I-E. However, yes. whoever wrote this article spells it how we traditionally, mm-hmm. at least I know, Lily, L-I-L-L-Y. Yes, I did also yes. see that. See, and that's a big thing too. I mean, just doing any, yeah, transposing. You see that in any of the articles you find in the history room here in Elmore or anywhere online or ancestry. If you're looking for your family name, it might be spelled five different ways and you have to check every one to see which one it is. And it could be all five of them because that's just yes. how things went back then. <clears throat> Continuing on. Yes, yes. Yes. The only clues came in rumors and theories and the Bowers family even contacted Levi Stanley, the king of the gypsies, living in Dayton, and asked that he become involved, thinking he might be able to find out if any of his people had the child. Quote unquote, Stanley, his people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And Stanley reportedly became angry with the suggestion. Although a child was brought forward as a possible candidate for the missing Lily, but after Mrs. Bauer saw the girl, she knew it wasn't her daughter. Yeah, this is another wow. thing that I found very odd because they contact him like, hey, gypsies were in the area. You guys have a reputation. Yeah. Did you take my daughter? And he's like, how dare you accuse me? It could be this other child. Where? How did he present another child? Did they kidnap that child too? Or was she a gypsy? Yeah, I. it doesn't make sense. Or like, it almost seems like they knew something. Because, like, why would you, unless they just found a child and was like, oh, is this your kid? But I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I get more unanswered questions where you're just like, I don't understand what just happened there. He gets angry, but then presents a child. Cool, man. <laughs> Whatever yeah, you do with were, your life. Yeah, I don't know if maybe they were hoping, like, she wouldn't actually recognize her own child. And it would, like, I guess... The dust so, would I mean, settle. Yeah, and... Maybe it was just an orphan gypsy that was living somewhere in his camp. We don't know. Yeah. Whatever just, that child was. Yeah. Uh, something. So. It's, it's something. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, the Bowers family was crushed. They were heartbroken and eventually left Sandusky and moved back to the town of Hudson, Michigan, north of Toledo. To a precious, or I'm sorry, to a previous, previous home. home. Yes. Where many of their children had been born. So where they say many of their children had been born, how many kids did they have? Because it, so far it sounds like they only have one child. Uh, Yeah, I don't really know if it even said. So I'm assuming since it says previous home, I'm going to say they probably had some kids there. 
moved to Sandusky, had Lily, and they searched for her for years. So in that time, they may have had other children, and then they moved back. Oh, I hope you mm. can't hear that outside. That's a I good point. It's like a street cleaner, and it's so loud. Oh, I can barely hear it. Oh, good. It's I'm hoping everyone else is all right. Yeah, please ignore the weird machine noises in the back. It's a street cleaner. So, yeah, yeah it doesn't which... say how many other kids they had. But, I mean, families tended to have, like, 10, 12 kids. Absolutely. It was very common back then. I just, the yeah. only thing, like, I think about, like, if I were a young child and I have that impression of, like, the house I grew up in where how to get there like if for some reason i escaped and had a realization like i was kidnapped mm-hmm. you would i would like to think go to the place that you knew where you lived and then boop, they're gone oh yeah that'd be hard yeah but again though like we don't even know yeah if she knew or remembered again she was three and that would have been very traumatizing which could have like skewed her perception of like what was really happening who these people were that were taking her who her family was there's just yeah there's, there's there's just a lot to think about but we got a lot of story to go so well we do yeah <laughs> and what the bowers family didn't know was that about 15 miles east of sandusky near the small ottawa county village of genoa on the farm of james and jeanette Calkins, if I pronounce that correctly, an old gypsy man by the name of Jack Patterson began working for them about the time Lily had vanished in 1867. An old Jack gypsy would work during the day for the Calkins while leaving his own taunty children in a nearby hovel during the day, along with a child of a much lighter complexion. It was Marie Lily Bowers. And as the story is passed down in the Culkins family records, this is the the blurb that they provide. One day, Mrs. Culkins, hearing screams, rushed into the hut and rescued Lily from the stove where she had been placed by the other children because she had refused to do their bidding. Soon after this, old Jack brought the child to Mrs. Culkins' home. She was clothed in nothing but an old coffee sack, and the Colkins adopted the child, and she was given the name Ida Bell. What? Where did you get, where did you acquire this child? I see, that was a thing, too. Like, I guess that family, the Colkins family, just assumed that he had adopted her. Because he, yeah, maybe said, like, oh, it's my child, or I adopted this child. She was living with his children. Um, Yeah, so I guess they had no reason to assume that she was kidnapped. And I guess they live, what, 50 miles? 50 miles away, and they didn't hear the stories. Well, yeah, and I can only imagine, I mean. That feels like a stretch. I feel like it would have gotten everywhere. As the years went on, I don't understand how 50 years or like 50 miles away, they didn't hear the stories of her being kidnapped and the parents searching and him putting stuff in the newspapers for years and years and years. I just don't understand how it didn't get to them. Yeah, it just things don't add up to me. Like, 
I mean, I know not to say it's not irrelevant now, but like, since it happened such a long time ago, like it just, how, like how today That's people what, would be going yeah. bananas and like so, solving true crimes and connecting all the red tape and yes. stuff. I guess if we think about it, like if you think about Sandusky and Genoa in today's terms, it's like not that far away. Really, mm-hmm. it's, it's only about simple. an hour. Yeah, it's really nothing. But in the 1800s, they didn't have cars. People probably walked a lot of places, or they took horses and carts. So, I'm sure like, it was at least a half a day's ride. Oh yeah. So I don't know. I still think news would travel. I think they would have been searching all over the place. Surely, newspapers would have gotten would have gotten yeah. from you know or from Sandusky to Genoa. I I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you. It just seems suspicious to me. It's very sus. I don't know. Maybe they were just so far outside of town or somewhere. Um, they just didn't, like, maybe they weren't connected to the town or I don't uh, know news stories or anything like that. Well, let me um, read you this next blurb because I know this is how, like, most people get to Genoa. Um, via mm-hmm. 51 or 163. So in the years that followed, Ida Bell Calkins grew up in the rural Genoa and lived with her new parents and her five stepbrothers on their 80-acre farm near the current intersection of State Route 51 and State Route 163. Because she was so young, probably about three years old when she was abducted, she had no recollection of her own family or her name because there were no local papers in the time in Genoa. And the Culkins family never saw the numerous stories about the missing girl from Sandusky. Which surely, Uh, though, people still travel newspapers around. Sure, it'd take longer to get there, but I don't think, like, 14 years. I know. See, that's that's all I was thinking was, like, how did a newspaper from Sandusky never make its way over to Genoa? Like, there had to be somebody traveling, heard the story, maybe picked up a newspaper there, and then came home to Genoa and related it around town. I mean, that was kind of a big thing to, to happen. Yeah, it wasn't a common thing. Unless um, I... Well, and there was a picture attached, so I'm not quite sure how the heck... I just... I don't know. I yeah. don't know if I'm just not giving people enough credit, or... It just seems know. very odd. History is interesting, but it's, it's really... Uh, I envy the people that have the time and the patience and the understanding to even find all the information that was already found to even write this article. Like this must've taken like hours and days and weeks to hunt down all the information, the newspaper articles, the pictures that we're hopefully gonna- The timeline, the whole thing. Yeah, like there's there's a lot. I mean, how did they find the information on the, the Culkins family that related to the hired help? finding out that oh they hired a guy named Jack Patterson who was a gypsy like there's there's just so much that goes into it and that's why history is really cool um but it's also very hard to follow because people didn't really keep those kind of records Mm -hmm. so we're, we're commenting on all the gaps and all the questions that were asked that probably made sense in 1867 it just doesn't make sense to us now because they weren't kept as records then yeah but yeah yeah (laughs) 
Onward we go. We're uh, still going to read. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot more. And by the time the young Ida Bell had grown to be a beautiful young woman, about 18 years, and she had been schooled and raised to be a proper young church-going lady and traveled in prominent circles of friends. But Ida still wondered about her real identity and who her parents really were. Strangely, she always favored the name Lily and wished it had been hers. And she loved the name so much that she often gave her pets the name of Lily. Listen, if somebody had seen that article and was like, wow, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if people were so busy doing their own thing that they just didn't connect the dots. Like sometimes you worry about yourself and. Yeah. Maybe they just just never thought about it. And her family was probably like, oh, that gypsy man had adopted you and we rescued you. But they probably didn't think about like where he got her. Or how much farther that went back. Yeah. So, but I like and the in, thought of that, just that she liked the name Lily. It was like a subconscious thing that she remembered. So, yeah. That's what I think so, too. hmm Well, in 1882, fast forward here, as she was about to be married and assumed a new married name, she was about to learn her real maiden name, the Gibsonburg Christian Monthly, of July 1910, wrote that Lily's real mother, Martha Bowers, still living in Hudson, Michigan, and never, and I use this in quotes, air quotes here, never ceased to have faith that someday, somehow, God only knew when or how, Lily would be restored to them. End quote. And then this part, um, I'll read this and comment after. Yep. <laughs> then yes. seemingly out of the blue, Mrs. Bowers received word from friends in Sandusky that they had heard of a young woman in Genoa who might be the long lost Lily. What? Mm-hmm. Quickly, letters were exchanged with the Culkins family in Genoa, and Mrs. Bowers soon made the trip south to Ohio. And it was arranged during a picnic at the old G.A.R. Hall in Genoa. Uh, It still exists, according to this article. And Mrs. Bowers was to look at a group of girls and see if she could identify her daughter. And when she saw Ida Bell, she said she immediately picked her out as her daughter, Lily. There was no reunion that day, however, for Mrs. Bowers was to visit the Culkins' home next day to reveal herself to the girl. And when Mrs. Bowers was brought into the room with the girl, recognition was immediate. Listen, if you saw your daughter, why wouldn't you just say it, like, right then and there? Yeah, I didn't understand that either. Like, it's been 14 years, and she's like, oh, there she is across the room. I see her. And the other lady's like, just wait and come see her tomorrow, you know? Yeah, like, what? what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> see, I like to think, too, that, like, so Mrs. Bowers received words uh, from friends in Sandusky. So I'm, I'm going to guess that maybe it was put out in the newspapers that she was getting married, and it probably had a picture of her, as most of those articles usually did. And they must have recognized her and been like, hey, this looks like Lily. Because um, it just says they heard of a young woman in Genoa. But I, I like to think yeah. that that's probably how they heard of her. 
kind of just adds so it, well. it kind of adds up a little bit but yeah it just I don't know I just because I know like my mom's like we've had conversations like that before it's like oh you know what would happen if I was kidnapped or you know and she'd be like oh my gosh I wouldn't be able to contain myself if I saw you you know like mm. I'd want to be with my child but yeah maybe she'd be weirded out and like crazy lady why are you claiming I'm your daughter because she's had this other mom like her whole yeah. life practically right yeah she I don't know. That, I think that'd be hard too. I mean, hard for the like the family that's now raised her for 18 years, watching her get married, and then being like, "Oh, she finally found her her real parents, and she's gonna leave." Yeah, it's just which after they like it recognized each other. According to this article, it my mother is what repeated Ida had they repeated Ida is their wording, mm-hmm. which. Those were her first words uh, Mrs. Bowers had heard her daughter utter when she was a toddler, which I think it's funny, like, in this article, they reference her Mary Lily, Mary Lily, Lily, and now all of a sudden now she's, like, found her true identity, and then they continue, then they call her Ida in the article. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Which, yes, that's the name she goes by, but I don't, for the sake of the article. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she kept it just because, like... That's what she's been forever, you know, her whole life. It'd be kind of, I don't know. It was probably harder then to, like, change your name or would you want to change your name? Like, that was her identity now. She didn't know of being someone else. Which there is an article here, which I think it is quite funny, because they do have an article from 1882, which actually, like, they broadcasted, saying mm. that the daughter, age 18, who had been restored to her parents, whom she had not seen for over 15 years, had been stolen by gypsies. Mm-hmm. And the family, they explained where they had been living, and when a few days ago, a lady near Genoa, who knew the circumstances connected... Um, to Mrs. Bowers, they wrote, they exchanged, believed to be her daughter, and ultimately got back together to form their family, which is pretty cool. Honestly, though, like, as joyous as it was for them to, like, finally know what happened, to have their daughter back in their life, she was still getting married. So it's not like she was going to move back in with them or anything. Like, yes, we have you back, but not, like, fully, you know, like, not entirely. She wasn't going to go back and live with them. She was still getting married, so she was going to be living in a totally separate house. Um, I don't know. It's just crazy. Like, they they probably had so much catching up to do and learning to do, like, who who was their daughter? Who who would she become? And, um... Lily probably had siblings that she didn't realize she had, you know? The family probably went on and had more kids. So, I don't know. Absolutely. That's the part that kind of, like, mind boggles me. Like, yes, she's getting married. She's, like you said, she's never going to move back in, probably. Mm -hmm. But, like, do you just exchange letters? Like, how do you just pick up from there? Like, I know. sure, you'd get to know over time, but, you know, I think when you live with people, you know, for your whole life and they take care of you and help you through the hard times and the good times, like you really bond with them. So you know them Mm -hmm. quite well. And just seems like, Oh, cool. I know. Got my mom and dad back. That's, 
that'd be hard. That'd be hard to just, yeah, fall into a routine or just figure out like, or would you just, is it like a weird muscle memory where you're like, I haven't seen you in 15 years, but like, I remember stuff about you. I know who you are. Like, is it like a, like a heart connection where like, you don't have to do a lot of that bonding because it's already there. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. And I don't know if you've thought about it, but I'm like, oh, I think of the Culkins, like, oh, we've taken care of her our whole, her whole life practically. And then are they going to try to take her away? Is she going to want to go be with them instead? Like Mm -hmm. what if her, her biological parents were loaded with money or something, you know, and they're like farmers and sure they're doing really well for farmers, but it's like, you kind of have to like wonder, like, could Mm -hmm. she have a better soul status? Cause that was kind of important right back in that time but apparently she wasn't bothered by it because she stayed where she was at get married and all that I mean yeah she she went on to live a pretty happy life I think yeah which this part is very interesting so after like the article was published they reunited they further identified her by verifying a birthmark on Lily's head and as Jeanette Culkins would later write there was a joy in weeping. Mm-hmm. It was a very, you know, miraculous reunion with mother and child, which oh, is quite sure. crazy. Mm-hmm. So, but then yeah. it just like skips to preparations were made at once for Mary Lily Bowers to return to the home in Hudson, Michigan. So she's still like, see, I mean, that's like the thing, like she moved back with them, but it doesn't really talk about like, well, I guess it does a little bit. Like, she came back and got married, so she didn't really stay with them. No, it's, I think it was long. almost like a, yeah, like a catch-up period. Yeah. Because it says only within a few weeks um, of after the reunion, then she headed back to her adopted hometown of Genoa and married a local man by the name of Daniel Cummings. Which I think is very interesting. This is a side note, but I thought it was actually quite interesting. Months later, curiously, is what they say, her biological baby sister um, also moved from Hudson, Michigan to Genoa to marry one of her stepbrothers. Which I'm like, whoa. It feels weird, right? Yeah. (laughs) So it was, I think it's also kind of cool, though, even though they weren't like biologically related that they both sisters got to like live in the same area yep so she was like within months so did her baby sister meet the calkins boy when they found lily and then they like just fell in love and got married or like was that the first time she met him or had they met before you know like this maybe they had met and he had talked about his family he would have been like oh yeah i have a sister named ida bell but maybe the baby sister didn't think anything of it because she wouldn't have known who ida bell was yeah. and that that was her actual sister i'm just like that's another gap where like i want to know did she meet him before mm-hmm. they discovered that ida bell was lily or after I, I mean, I would like to think it's after because I don't think it was uncommon for people to get married so quickly, though. That's true. The average, like, lifespan wasn't a huge piece. Also true. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like it is now. Oh, yeah. 
So I think that was interesting. So then they go on to continue to say how Lily and Daniel eventually relocated to Gibsonburg, where they raised two children, while her husband Daniel worked in the oil fields of Sandusky County. Hmm. Yeah, which is, I think yeah. is pretty cool. And while she was very happy to have reunited with her real parents, the Bowers, she held the highest and tenderest regard for the James Culkins family of Genoa and could never think of moving away from them and deserting them in their old age. Hmm. Mary Lily, Idabel Culkins, Dash Cunningham lived in nearby Gibsonburg until she passed away at the early age of 45 in 1910 from a mastoid infection. And she is buried at Gibsonburg along with her two children and husband. See, we just said lifespan is pretty short. <laughs> yeah. Lucky if you made it past 40. Yeah. I was going to say, I think some people didn't make it even to like 30, depending on what happened. Depends where you work, I suppose. Oh, yeah. And there was, like, weird diseases and stuff. They didn't understand medicine all too well. So. Yeah, and. Which this is very. Um, interesting to me, too, because, like, I don't know how, since I were not confident on when this article was written, but they also make sure to notice or note that the Culkins family tree still stands tall in the Genoa area and still is growing. It now includes many well-known local names, um, which there are quite a lot here. Naveen, Early, Nagati, Hazelbart, Schnapp, and Boldlin, which I think, I don't know what any of those last names or the names mean, but I assume people that own maybe the property uh yeah probably so they just kept expanding and like i don't know any of these last names hesselbart sounds familiar um but they just kept expanding and getting married and re-expanding so the descendants yeah. of the descendants of the descendants are still there which is really cool hey, yeah so, and i do you, think it um oh I, I was just gonna say that in the article too uh, shout out to the snaps of Elliston. Apparently, they helped track down some of the stuff. So shout out to oh, you yeah. according to this article. Yeah. If you're still in the area, you're still listening, <laughs> watching. I mean, yeah, if you're listening or watching, and you know some of these last names, or you knew about the Culkins family, or you knew about this story, maybe it was passed down. Maybe you don't know, uh, but you have that last name. We have resources within the library. You can look up your family tree through Ancestry um, or different things like that. And maybe you're part of the story and didn't even know it. But, yeah, yeah, just, uh, I mean, the story did, like, honestly, when I first started reading it, I was like, oh, this is bad. Like, she's, she gone. She's. Oh, yeah. But it actually, yeah. Because, you know, a lot of, like, during this time period, people die, you know um wars take place people getting murdered you know stuff mm -hmm. like that and i was like oh gosh she's gone that's not good oh yeah and then they're like oh we found her and i was like could you imagine like thinking like your child's dead and then just all of a sudden it's like oh my gosh she's alive like of course you're happy right that's why i like, just love like the the header for that like kidnapped found 14 years later in genoa like 
I don't know. It's such a clickbait title because you're just like, I, I got to know what happens. I want to know what happens. Like that never yeah. happens. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't get that happy and you don't get to find that. So I don't know. It's just, it's very interesting. There's a lot of different questions, a lot of unfilled answers, but it's, it's fun to just think about and try to fill it in yourself a little bit. Absolutely. And that's like kind of the one of the things like when I work on local history or like I know when I was in college, when I got my BA, there's just so many pieces that you have to like try to fill. And then you're like hoping you don't like come to your own conclusion because it might not be true because depending if they had paper and pencils and if they wrote stuff down and you don't have those primary sources. So you kind of have to make sure not to put your own biased opinions in there, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. It's difficult, but that's, I will say, um, most of the people that live in Elmore or around Elmore have probably heard the story of the headless motorcyclist. Or maybe uh, you've, yes. you know, gone out to his uh, bridge yeah. and tried to contact his spirit, um, as most people do on the anniversary of, of, you know, when the accident happened. So before we had found the stories that we talked about today, I was looking more in depth into his story. And there's so many different articles that were written about it. So I have the one from the Elmore Library that was written up um, pretty early on. And it's, it's pretty basic, pretty simple. Um, if you know the story, it's probably like the more basic one. Um, but there's been tons of ghost hunters and paranormal investigators that have gone out there. And you can find all these articles on different websites online. And I found it interesting to read a lot of them because they're all different. So yes. like you said, you're filling in the gaps. It's different people's opinions of what happened and they all have different things like oh he got home and was upset because he saw his girlfriend with someone else and he drove off and she never even saw him there was another one that said he wanted to surprise her he went into the house and caught her with someone else and then stormed off and there's another one that says he comes home and she tells him like oh I'm in love with someone else I don't love you anymore um, so there's like just a lot of different versions, but we'll never actually know which one's the real one, um, which is also to say there's not a lot of record of of truth. I don't know how to say that better. Um, we don't actually know if the motorcyclist was ever real because there's no record of someone dying like that. There's no gravestone. We don't know what the headless motorcyclist's name was because uh, he was he was in the military. There's no military records that we can find. So that was something it's I want really to talk weird. about today, too. I just thought his story was just very interesting. Where I'm like, there's there's so much to it, and you don't know if any of it's real. Absolutely. That's A like the whole thing with speculation. Like legends and people, you know, that are started because I did my case study in college on Harriet Tubman and her legend and like mm. where it began mm-hmm. um how it's like evolved into what we know today and it's so yeah. interesting because like I went to her house and I talked to the historian there and he was like it's so interesting seeing like how she evolved and like I wrote I read so many books and there's just so mm-hmm. many different interpretations and I'm like it's like 
it's so cool to read, but you're like, yes. wow, like you just have to take it as a grain of salt yes. and do your best by what information you have. Yep. So I do love it when it's like there's there's like actual accounts or stories. Maybe you're you know researching somebody and they left behind diaries. I love that because like you get to actually see what they were thinking or what they were doing. It's like a firsthand account. Historians probably love that too. It's so much easier to get real information out of that because you know it's real. And it's not just speculation or like you're not piecing something together. You actually have like a firsthand written account that does not always happen. Yeah, absolutely. That's like when I like I think about it now, I'm like, man, I should be really writing like a diary or like be like, oh, this happened today. This was cool because like I never really oh, wrote in I, stuff when I was a kid, but now I'm like, man, what if like something cool happens to me and like I become super iconic, you know, I know. which I don't I think that not. will happen, but I have two sort of diary things. I have one that I only take traveling. So it's just a travel journal. Oh, um, I love that. That's a good idea. Yeah. So I write down like at the end of the day, wherever I've been traveling, I just sit down right before bed and just write out everything that happened that day including like we waited for an hour in traffic or we had Qdoba for lunch like just whatever I write down as much as I can just to keep track of that and then I have this thing it's literally right here next to me it's called a one line a day a five-year memory book I keep this by my bed so it's just I know you listening can't see it but there's five slots and you just write like one-liners for five years for every day. So you just date it. So I've been doing, I've been writing in this one for three years. Um, but yeah, it's just simple stuff. Just to like, hey, I went and hung out at my friend's house today. We went to see a movie. We had ice cream for dinner. Like just stuff like that. And then next year you could write underneath of that. Like, hey, it was so-and-so's birthday. We went to the zoo. And then you can look back at that like years later and be like, oh, we had ice cream for dinner three years ago, but the year after that, we went to the zoo instead, you know, so you just, it's just fun. That's cool. I think that's a way more manageable amount. Yes. Because I know I, like I agree. some people just write and write and I'm like, I'm a slow writer, even in college, mm. like it would take me so long to write because all the, the material you had and that just seems way mm -hmm. makes it way more fun and enjoyable yeah I do love that I love that people write journals and stuff and I think it's really cool but yeah I definitely don't have it in me to like write as much of as that especially if like sometimes there's nothing that happens sometimes it rains and you sit inside all day and all I have to write down is I it watched <laughs> it rained I watched three movies didn't go anywhere you know, sometimes there's literally nothing that happens in your day, um, but other times it's really cool. So, yeah, I encourage everyone start writing journals or something. Keep historical records. It's fun for your family to look back and see or even for you Absolutely. to look back and see. Um, my mom, when she was pregnant with my older sister 20 some years ago, um, she kept a pregnancy journal. So it was just every day of being pregnant she had a pregnancy journal so it's just you know highlights that time in your life oh, that's that cool interesting. I'm like yeah well, especially like kids I want to do that 
Yeah, that'd be so fun though, especially mm-hmm. like for you to have that, then you can like compare and be like, oh my gosh, the same thing just happened to me. Or you'd be like, that mm-hmm. never happened to me. Yeah, and then like maybe you could show it to your kids later and be like, this is, you know, what I experienced when I was playing with you. So that's fun. That's a cute idea. So we're we're off topic. We're talking about spooky stuff. I wanted to yes. tell everybody that if you're interested in more local spooky stories. I had another one um, that we don't have time to read today, but it's called High Plains Tragedy Rooted in Ohio's Black Swamp. Mm. The Sad and Strange Story of Elmore's Clara Harrington Lynn. I don't know if I have a time on this. When it's... Well, I see 1868 I was, down there. I was just going to say, yeah, after Civil War for sure, because I know the husband sorry it's it's a really interesting story if anybody's interested in this we do have it in the history room i just wanted to let everybody know um since our theme today was spooky local stories we have another spooky one you're welcome to come and read all about it um because it was very close to elmore where it happened yes yeah it's really it is a really interesting story it's just very there's so much in each article so we had to to pick and yeah, choose what we, we had did to pick today. which one and there's a little bit more uh i'll say graphic stuff that happens in the the one we didn't read um so yes oh i have a question for you on the topic oh, yeah. of spooky things Have you ever I'm ready experienced anything seen anything well been spookified um I think it was kind of spooky so when my parents they took my sister and I to Gettysburg because my dad likes local history Mm. I think it's you know just history in general yeah and we thought it was so cool to like go to Gettysburg because we went to the fields at night where they actually had the battles Mm -hmm. um I was already scared out of my mind and because (laughs) this one's more funny Mm -hmm. this one's more funny so my sister my mom and I are just hanging out in this field my dad walks off like it is a dark and we're like where the heck is dad and my sister and I were teens so it wasn't like Mm. they're taking like five-year-olds out or anything and we just in the dark and I'm like oh my god (laughs) then ghost got dad okay i didn't know there was like a cow field like way way down the road and and my dad just pops out and he's like i'm right here and i was like oh my god oh "Oh, okay so then the the spooky part is is when we were walking back to our hotel after all this. So, you know, my senses, sense, senses are already heightened. I, yep. you know, I calmed already down. Already out, yeah. Yeah, so we're walking, and I'm, like, walking behind everybody, and I'm just walking by myself, you know, just keeping in time and rhythm, and all of a sudden I hear, halt. And I, like, stopped, and I, like, looked around, and I was like, 
okay and like my parents are still going so nobody else heard it except for me and I like looked into like the road and you could see like this kind of open grassy area and it just gave me vibes like that's where it sounded like it was coming from and I was like okay we need to go I'm spooked now wow and I was like you guys didn't hear that and they're like no and I was like well somebody just yelled halt and I'm like I don't see anybody here and I mean they use that type of lingo so I think it was somebody yelling yeah one of the old soldiers from the field yeah I was oh like, my gosh spooked well, I, I didn't I wish I would have like kind of followed it more to like to see but I was kind of scared oh yeah no I I mean maybe if you told your whole family and they wanted to investigate but never alone oh gosh mm, yeah it was something it was fun though I recommend like if you like Civil War to go to Gettysburg they have a wax museum there though oh my gosh it's so oh, no oh, so it's creepy oh, oh yeah wax oh, museums yes. no so we went there you know fine fine like it was super interesting they had like um of course they have like gift shops and stuff but you like go through and you see like battle scenes and iconic figures and history and the creepiest one which i'm so glad i didn't have to be there alone was this one (gasps) soldier who looked like he was ready about to get attacked and you can see, like, he was animatronic, too. So his chest is going, <gasps> no. And I'm like, <laughs> it's just oh, really no. And I was no. like, I'm so glad we're not here at night because I'd be really, like, spooked for sure. I hate that. Yeah, yeah it I, was. I could go see Gettysburg, but I would never go to a wax museum. It no. reminded me of. Did you, have you ever seen Gravity Falls? Yes. Have you seen that wax figure episode? Yes. That's what I envision. Because those for those are... of you that have not seen this show, it's a show on Disney. Um, It's an animated show. And so spooky, bizarre things happen. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's fun, but it's weird. Yeah, and but... one of the episodes, the wax mute figures come to life. I mean, so I don't think the ones in Gettysburg do that, but it I was sure fun. I laugh not. about it now. But I was spooked when I saw it in person. Oh, gosh. When I, was I think if I, yeah, if I went in there thinking, oh, wax figures, like they're already spooky, but obviously they don't move or anything. And then you see one moving, I'd be like, no, I'm out. Hate that. <laughs> no. Makes you get a little bit quicker out of the museum, that's for sure. Yep. Oh, no, I, uh, I didn't have anything near as interesting as that. But I was going to talk about a cryptid I saw while driving. So, Cryptids yeah, are kind yeah. of like, um, I don't want to say monsters or creatures, but it's it's like an, a being or an entity that you kind of see like out of the corner of your eye or your vision someplace or maybe in the dark where do you ever just get the feeling like, I think I'm being watched or something yes. and you look and there's nothing there. It Yeah. So a lot of you probably have that experience. Maybe you didn't know uh, like the term. Or you can look up the term, you can look up cryptid and get a better explanation than what I'm telling you. But um, it's like nine miles from my parents' house to where I live now. Um, So it's not far at all. But the road I take is really, it's a straight shot. So it's really long and half of it is through the woods. Um, So I'm getting... And it's dark. I'll, I'll mention that I'm driving and it's dark out. I don't think it's like midnight dark. It's like a little past dusk. 
So ooh, like the ooh, sun's ooh, the sun's ooh, pretty much time. completely set, but it's still weirdly shadowy, you know? So I've got my headlights on and I'm getting to the part where I'm gonna be entering the woods. And right before that, on one side is like some trees kind of spaced out. I'm like, I think it's like a farm. And on the other side is a house. And they used to have a barn there and they've knocked the barn down. So there's like weird rubble and wood and it's just like a weird pile out in their yard um so i'm getting to that section of the road where the house is on my left hand side and i see something run out into the road and it's huge like bear sized it's big and black and it's running like where those people's driveway would be from between their house and the barn that they knocked down and it's running from the left side of the road into the road. And I like panic, obviously like it's dark, that thing's huge, it's coming in front of my car. So I like slam on my brakes and the like where I saw it at was right in the like corner of my left eye, I'll say. So as I'm driving, I see it coming. So I slam on my brakes and then I like fully turn my head to look at what this thing is running in the road. And it's empty. The road's empty. There's nothing there. Dude, that's spooky. <laughs> oh my gosh. See, that type of stuff like scares me just because like you're driving and you don't want to like veer off and like hit something because you think you're going to actually hit something, but then it's like not there. And then you actually hit something that was there. I was messed up. I got out of there so fast. Oh, and, like, I, I hate I don't like driving mm. through the woods fast because I know there's deer and different stuff that live in there but I'm like I don't know what that was so like mm -hmm. I didn't want to be anywhere near it I just like took mm -hmm. off so fast from that spot no but I think about like I, I drive down that out. road at, yeah I hate this time of year now because it gets dark so fast it's like dark at five o'clock and I work yes! the night shift so I get off late and like I gotta drive home in the dark. I hate it. I hate it. Oh man, yeah. I don't know what's in them woods. I even you ever see deer at night just running across the road or something? They're spooky looking. Their oh, eyes that, are all the bloody eye. and they got they like, long, blinky legs. Like, ugh. ugh. Deer I know that's kind of what I'm at night. That's what I'm nervous about is deer too, because now that like we're moved and by the time we're fully moved in. Yeah, it'll be like middle of October, so I know it, it gets darker way faster. Yeah, and I don't know, like I know how to get there, but you know, driving at night versus in the daytime, they're totally two different mm -hmm. things. And so I'm just nervous because there's like a lot of wooded sure. areas and there's fields too, mm -hmm. so I know they're traveling, and I'm yep. just hoping like yep. we'll see how it goes. Oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. You're seeing, you're gonna see a lot of nightlife. I'm sure of that. Oh my gosh, yeah. We've yeah. seen a bunch of like woolly bears, and there's so many grasshoppers and crickets, and yep. it's already like a new experience, like with this new house. And I'm like, my gosh. Oh, it's so I love, I love living in the country. You, you see so much more. It's spooky at night, but just don't go outside at night. I, why would yeah, you? Do this? I, yeah, and we have a cat. This, I'm so excited. This cat came with the house because the sellers were like oh where we're moving because they're moving yeah. to tennessee we can't take this oh, cat yeah you because it's an outdoor can't. cat and i was like i happen to love cats this will be perfect mm -hmm. and he's so fun we love him it's perfect 
all houses should come with a pet. <laughs> Honestly, I was very jazzed. Michael's like, yeah, we bought the cat, but it came with a house. Uh, uh-huh. oh, I feel that. I love that. Uh, yeah, and he's all black, so it's exciting. I know. I want to meet your cat sometime. Yeah, he's super friendly. It's like oh, insane so- how friendly he is. I'm like, okay. I love that. <laughs> yes. He's a talker. Oh. So let me know. So I just remembered. I gotta go look at something real quick. It's still relevant to today. I just forgot to pull up um, our word scientist. Ah, yes, yes. For the day. I, I do see the word on my list here, and I am so perplexed. Yeah. Because it almost... Want to get into it? Yeah. Um, so... I don't know. It, it kind of reminds me it reminds based me of something. Off, yeah. It almost reminds me of the French word for yellow with it which is joint. However, <laughs> that's just a noise. Joint. 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 Which this is not how the word is spelled at all. So just the word, weird word Yeah, so Sorry. it is spelled <laughs> for everyone listening and watching. J E J U N E. So it's almost so it's like Jujan. Jujan? I don't know. Jejun? Yeah, I almost want to say it almost reminds me of like French words and conjugates. So it almost wants me to want to be like, oh, it's yellow. So I don't mm. know if it's like related to the moon, maybe. So like a yellow moon or like. Oh. I guess spooky. I can see that. Like yeah. Jejun. Mm. or it's like it's summer or maybe it's like the transition period from summer to fall like i really have no idea what this would mean that'd be really fun if nathan actually catered the words to what month we were doing but i'm not sure he he may have just found this a really fun word yeah so Mm. i all i can see is june je june it's june it's not june (laughs) yeah i know i like i don't really have anything for this one like you say June in it, but it probably has nothing to do with June. Um, but I mean, you're right. It could be French with the J-E in front of it. Je- yeah, so how how are you pronouncing this word? I think it looks like Jejun. But I mean... Or it could be like, like Chinese. I was say it looks like and sounds like are two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be Korean or something. Could be, yeah. The way you said it kind of made me think about like how you would say certain, yeah. But what would it be? It's night. It's night. I I really have no idea. I'm purely guessing at this point. Honestly, I don't have anything either. I'm so glad we're not playing um, to become a millionaire because I would lose all my money on this question right now. Yeah. Let me go ahead and I'm going to share my screen. So for you people listening, we're going to read everything out. Um, but if you're interested in seeing the visuals that we have up here, I'm going to share my screen and you can see that too. So here's my word scientist. Oops. Can I scroll down, please? Do, 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 do. Next, Next page, page shows answers. Don't <laughs> look until everyone guesses. I don't have a good mm-hmm. guess. Well, we <laughs> guess, but I'm not sure if it's a good one. So, word scientist for October 2020 is 
Jejun. Okay. That is how you pronounce it. Jejun. And it is an adjective meaning devoid of significance or interest, immature, lacking nutritive value, dry or uninteresting. Huh. Okay. So you're just like, I don't like that. It's jejun. Oh, jejun. As it sounds when you say like devoid of significance or interest, it sounds snobby, doesn't it? It sure does. Like it sounds like, yeah, it sounds jejun. Don't like it. It's jejun. Oh, you're so jejun today. Like, what? Who's? I know. Who talks like that? One used that in a sentence. So back in the 1600s, jejun was used to describe empty of food or hungry. This later evolved into lacking in not only food but also things of emotional or intellectual substance. Interesting. So it started out with just empty of food or hungry. If you were hungry, you were jejun. Would you say wow. that to someone in a sentence? Like, oh, I'm so jejun today. I mean, you could, but you know how many people would be like, what? <laughs> what did you I, just call I, me? <laughs> in the 1600s, they knew what that was? Yeah. Uh, jejun most likely gained its childish meaning from the similar looking French word, jeune. Oh. Meaning yeah, young. Meaning young. Well, I remembered something from French. <laughs> Thank you, Monsieur Mom. Yesy. <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, Jejun was also an American emo band from 2000. That feels oh, like man. I got to listen to Jejun. That sounds great. That was 21 years ago. Woo. Oh, Lord. So wow. I think it's interesting though that they say like lack of interest, like immature. I see where they're getting so when it's lacking like nutritional, like truly value, I see that part being the hungry part, but it sounds like you could apply it to other things. Yeah. So like if you were acting like 10, you could be like, oh, stop behaving in such a jejun manner. Like Mm, Stop being mm-hmm. so immature. Right. But I feel like I have to have an accent when I say it. You're being such a jejun. Jejun. I know, right? It's like a weird... I don't know. I feel that too. It rolls off the tongue. So. Wow. I like this so, word. I like the Latin. Jejunus means fasting or barren. Ooh. So that's where we get the Latin. That makes but, sense. This is an interesting word. I also like this. Yeah. I want to start I using am, this. If something's like dry or uninteresting, or you're just like, I just I am, don't I just don't like this thing. It's it's jejun. It is jejun. I am quite tickled by this word. I plan to use it in my everyday lingo. Like I still use Meldrop. I still use that one. Some of these I, I've it's, incorporated into my daily life. <laughs> I know. That one's such an easy one. Meldrop. Yeah, I was with my mom this weekend. She's like, oh, I need to blow my nose. I'm like, gotta get those mail drops out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay. And I'm like, this is what I learned at work. <laughs> right? She'd be like, hey, you should listen to wow. our podcast. We do word scientists where you learn new yeah. things. Yes. New things that are not jejun. That's right. Jejun. It sounds yes. like jejun, you know, yes. but it's jejun. <laughs> Uh, it sounds a little uppity, maybe a little French. 
I love it. I'm a fan. Yeah. Same. Good pick, Nathan. Yeah. Yeah, he said it was going to be interesting, so. We agree. It's interesting. We're going to start using it. Oh, it is definitely not jejun. Oh. And at some point, uh, I'm going to actually write down and possibly record an actual outro for our videos. But right now, we're going to be weird and awkward like we always are and be like, hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you want to see more of us, um, we're on YouTube. You can find us at Harris Elmore Genoa Libraries. Uh, you can find us on Spotify under the same name. Listen to all of our episodes. Please go back and watch last year's October episode where we dance. Silly little dances. Spooky, scary skeletons. It's such a great song. Um, it is. Thanks for Nathan for editing all of our videos. Um, thanks for today. I think I remembered everything. And have a good Halloween. And have you know? a good Halloween. Good fall. Be, yeah. You know? Be safe out there. Uh, eat lots of candy. And we'll see everybody next month. Or you'll hear us next month in November. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you.